Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Let's Get Candid, podcast where we have casual, candid conversations. And today we are joined by three lovely guests again. Hi, it's Ange. Hi, it's Josh. Hi, I'm Eric. Okay, so last week we recorded an episode on Guy Talk where Ange and I asked Josh and Eric all the questions that our listeners had and questions that we had about the guy species. And so today we are going to do the opposite of that. Josh and Eric are going to ask Ange and I all the questions about girls. And there are some spicy questions in here, so I don't know if I'm prepared for this, but you know, we're all about the candid and all about the honesty, so let's just let's just get started. I'm so nervous. What's the spiciest question? Which one do you want us to ask you? Is there anyone that you want to be asked? Um, no. Oh, they're all fun. <laughs> no preference. All right, it's time for us to have some fun. I think this is a question that a lot of guys have. How does a guy escape the friend zone? Oh. Starting off strong. I mean, is there is it up to them? I feel like it's not up to them sometimes. Like, if the girl's not interested, then she's not. Yeah, I think that's fair. Or I guess you can also think about it in terms of what can a guy do to improve to uh-huh. help them escape their friend zone? Why are guys in the friend zone to begin with? Ooh, that's a different question. Or maybe we can start with Josh's question first. What yeah. was the question? <laughs> Why are guys in the friend zone in the first place? I think there's some general checkboxes that... Um... If you don't check off, you're, I want to say you're like pushed into the friend zone more easily. So, yeah. Um, a lot of physical aspects, a lot of like major turnoffs. Like if you're overcompensating for something, which seems pretty common. Um, or when you're too passive, that's also very common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, I think girls are also, from like a personal experience from myself and like people I know, Girls like to have attention, you know, and girls like feeling comforted and feeling like they have somebody in their court to support them. But, you know, just like guys are, I think girls can be afraid of commitment too, or they just like to have people around sometimes. And so if there's a nice guy that comes along and it's like treating a girl really nicely, but the girl doesn't have those, you know, feelings of attraction or those checkboxes like Ange mentioned, then they just kind of get stuck in the friend zone because the girl wants to keep them around. The girl likes their company, likes their friendship, and maybe crosses some emotional lines when it comes to depending on them or, you know, interacting with them. But if those checkboxes don't get checked off or, like, there's just no attraction, then they're just, like, they're going to be stuck there, which is kind of sad. But I think that's just, like, the reality of it. Like, girls want to keep you know, nice guys around. That sounds so bad. Makes me sound really bad, but I don't know. I feel like Cancel. it's... I know. I feel for guys, though, because I think we have the option of friend zoning people, but guys have to cast a wide net. I feel like we can be more picky, which is unfortunate. For... So I guess with that being said, um, how would a guy escape the friend zone? I guess better yet, like, if they didn't have the initial attraction, what would get them to have a second chance or a second examination? Or maybe... A different but related question that you guys can also answer is when a person is in the friend zone, do you think of them as forever stuck in that friend zone or do you personally think that there's no escape? So like once you put them there, you'll never think about them as anything more than friends. 
I think it depends on, you know, like which of the check boxes are not checked. So if I don't think I could ever be attracted physically to a guy, then they're just kind of, they'll, they'll be friends forever, you know? But if it's something else where it might be like a character, a character thing, or, you know, they're in a spot in their life that, you know, might not match where I'm going in life. Like maybe if that changes, then potentially down the road, like something could happen, you know, it's just like a timing thing. I guess in your, in you guys, you specific uh, for Crystal and Ange, like in the past, like, what was one thing where a guy did improve on and that kind of let you think, oh, like, huh, interesting, like this guy changed. Um, and what, like, what was that? Oh, that's hard. Hold on. Josh is asking all the hard questions. I don't know if that's ever happened to me. Having a friend who's a guy and like friends. All of course, those guy friends need to step it up. <laughs> Dang, no one has ever escaped a friend zone from Crystal. I don't, I don't think so. I feel like for me, from what I can remember at least, like I feel like if there's a guy that I was, you know, talking to or dating, then like I always found them attractive. Like we never really started off as like only friends with no potential at all. You know, there's always a little bit of a level of attraction, even if it's not like crushing on them. It's like, oh, I really appreciate or admire this aspect of them. So. I guess I can't really speak to that because I've never really dated or liked anyone that was in the friend zone for like a prolonged period of time. Yeah, I can think of one instance when a guy recognized a really deep flaw in himself and we were just like talking casually and then he mentioned that um, he wanted to work on it and had like an action plan for himself and everything and it was pretty unprompted but it just made me like look back and go, huh, cool, good for him. So I think like <laughs> maybe in general like being in the friend zone or being consistently friend zone, you just have to think about ways you can improve yourself as a person. And then maybe just reframing that concept in your head of like, I'm not trying to escape the friend zone for a specific girl, but just improving myself is always, is, is always going to net positive, you know? True. And if it's not for one girl, it's for, you know, myself or for somebody else. True. Yeah, that's a really good mindset. I think that's a much healthier way to approach of escaping this friend zone or whatever you call yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Okay, should we move on to a different question? Go for it. All right, what's your favorite bubble tea flavor? Asking the deep questions here. I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> How come you don't remember, this, Eric? The, the answer matters a lot. Bubble tea preferences. I can go first. Mine's easy, and Eric always makes fun of me for it. But I don't really like milk tea, so I always drink like the basic passion fruit green tea or like the lychee green tea but with like the jellies and like not tapioca. <laughs> All right, and that's the end of this episode. <laughs> Eric makes fun of me every time I go to bubble tea. He'll look at my drink and be like, what is that? Why did you pay $5 for that? That's not bubble tea, that's Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> I do like tiger sugar though. That's the only bubble milk tea I think that I've gotten to like, and it's, it's not, not even like- It's not technically milk tea. Yeah, it's not milk <laughs> it's tea, it's milk, milk tea. Milk. <laughs> <laughs> Exposed. Yeah, I guess since we were just talking about friend zones, um, I think some of the things that was touched upon was that it seemed like potentially just based on first impressions, like guys maybe put into one bracket or the other. And one of the viewers asked, you know, what are these top three things that you potentially look for in first impressions? I think if we're talking about like in the context of a date, like one-on-one -on -one interaction, one thing that really shapes my first impression of the guy is how much they talk about themselves. 
especially if it's a one-on-one conversation, there has to be some sort of balance, you know, some give or take so that I'm learning as much about him as he is learning about me. If the date or like the first conversation is like very dominated by him sharing and like trying to get me to ask about things about him, then I already kind of feel like, all right, if this is going to be like what the first hour is like with this guy, then if I were to date this person or marry this person, then the rest of my life would be like this. And that just sounds terrible to me. Like you need to have that dynamic relationship and stuff. Like I don't really mind if a guy only asks me questions either, because then I know that if he's asking me questions, then, you know, I could potentially ask him questions too. But if he's only talking about himself, then I'm like, ugh, I'm tired. It's also tiring when they don't ask anything. That's true too. You have to drive the conversation. I think I'm pretty sensitive to guys who seem like they're like overcompensating for something. So when they like put people down or when they like brag too much about one thing, it's always a big turn off. Yeah, because it's like they're, it's clear that they're insecure about something, but they are trying to hide it instead of being more upfront about it. Like it's okay to be like honest about things that you want to work on, things that you're not as strong in, but you're trying to hurt other people or like you said like brag about something else just to cover that up then it's like it's like a self-awareness kind of issue like do you really want to grow from this or are you just trying to like hide it from yourself and from other people forever honestly yeah i think that's attractive when you're self-aware yeah if we're gonna talk more physically you know tall guys are nice i mean i'm only 5'1 so everyone's tall to me but you know they can't be like all right not that they can't but oh canceled (laughs) 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 <laughs> short boy 2021 <laughs> hashtag does height matter but yeah i mean you know i guess physically someone who's tall someone who has nice hair someone who dresses well fashion's a big thing for me i know sometimes i'll show pictures of like my hinge matches to Ange, and she'll comment on like his clothes first and i'm like yep that's that's true like he's got some nice shoes another spicy question I think we talked a lot about um, like pre-relationship stuff, right? And I think there are a lot of questions about things to do in relationships and how to interact with them. I think one of the ones that I can relate to the most is like, what does it mean when someone says it's fine? Like, what does that really mean? And what should I really do in that case? It means we're toxic and we don't know how to express our emotions in a healthy way. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. That's all I can say about that. (laughs) It's such a bad habit for girls i'm just speaking for myself too because like it's like you guys said in the other podcast like guys need things spelled out and i I think that's fair for girls to expect guys to like play the guessing game is not really fair that's all i have to say about that (laughs) no yeah we expect guys to be able to read our minds speaking for myself too like that's something i need to work on like being clear about how i feel even with girls like sometimes girls will catch up and they'll just be like how's life and you're like oh it's fine you know, and sometimes you'll go deeper, but maybe it's just like a, just the thing people do in general, like kind of, you know, when people ask you like, how are you? And you're like, oh, I'm good, but you're like not really good or whatever. Learning how to communicate better and learning like, or figuring out what, what it is you need from the other person so, so that you can communicate better. At least personally, when I was in a relationship and I would say things like, oh, I'm fine or it's fine, but clearly I'm not fine. It's mm-hmm. usually because like, I don't really know what I need or what I want yet. I just know that I'm like in a weird spot at least for me it felt unproductive to like share about how i'm feeling without being able to ask for something if that makes sense like ask the guy or ask a friend to like help me get out of it so maybe it's just like 
how I process emotions. I'm much more of like a let me figure out my stuff before burdening someone else and then asking them for whatever it is. Like, can you give me advice or a prayer or, you know, can you help me buy food because I'm just like not feeling it. I think it just comes down to girls need to communicate better. Even if I was in that spot and not ready to share my emotions, I feel like I can still say that, you know, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. hey, I'm not doing great and it's not fine, but, you know, I'm not really ready to like really talk about it. But, you know, just want to let you know, like, it's not, I'm not mad at you. But if girls are saying like it's fine because they are mad at the guy, you gotta say something, I think. Whether it's like, yeah. you know, taking time, being in different rooms, or going on a walk to calm down, but you can't let the guy keep guessing like what they did wrong because how are they supposed to know? So in those situations where maybe you're in a bad mood or you're mad at the person and maybe you're having a tough time communicating, do you prefer the guy sort of pressing on more to figure out, try to figure out what's going on by keep asking you sort of what's really going on? Can you just tell me why? Or do you prefer some time to yourself, sort of learn or sort of uh, think about what you want to say, and how to communicate? I think it depends on the person. So for me, I don't know if anyone actually cares about how I deal with this, but for me, I think it's more so I would just want, I want them to be available so whether that's checking in generally, like, hi, how are you? Like, how's, how's your day? You know, what are you up to today? How can I support you? Versus like, hey, how are you feeling today? Like, like really getting into the emotions of that, if that makes sense, that difference. And maybe it's just like, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing I have to take ownership of a lot of my emotions myself. Like I can't depend on a guy to solve everything for me. So personally, I like that space in terms of addressing my emotions, but I do appreciate when a guy lets me know that they're available if, you know, I'm ready to talk or just knowing like they didn't forget about me. But that's just me. I think it's different for every girl. Some girls might want the guy to keep pressing because that might push them over the edge to actually share and that's like what they really need. But for me, I feel like I've gotten to a point in my life where I know when I need to share and when I'm ready to share. Going off on a similar topic, we have a question from Ryan and that's, what's the best way to calm an angry woman? and is asking, are you mad? Is that the way to go or is that not the way to go? I feel like for these questions, a lot of it is so dependent on the person. You know, like the, the podcast we did last week about guys too. Yeah, I think just asking if I need time to process or if I wanna talk about it, but it is super dependent, so. I will say like asking, are you mad? Is not usually the way to go because First of all, if you already know that they're angry, chances are they are mad at you or mad at something. Also, asking, are you mad? It's such a weird question to get. You know, if someone asks, are you mad? When you are clearly mad, it's like, okay, is this where I start ranting about everything? Or, you know, do I, like, how to make this, how do I make this productive, you know? Yeah, if you just ask, like, are you mad? Then it's like, yes, and so what, you know? That's true. I mean, I think obviously this segment's mostly for um, Crystal and Angie to respond, but I think one of the interesting ways, something to think about is maybe you can ask, how can I best be there for you yeah. right now? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then like, they'll give you a response. Like they'll have to say, okay, I need you to just like step away and leave me alone. Or they'll say like, they'll think about it and just say, oh, it's not a big deal. I just like, nothing you can do. I just need to process for a second. So yeah, I think that's a very efficient way to, mm -hmm. to deal with it. But mm. some girls will also say, I don't know. So I think in that case, 
if you know her really well, like, you know, if she's your wife or your girlfriend or like a good friend, then you should already have an idea of like the things that could make her feel better, whether that's time or, you know, doing something for her, like taking care of an errand or something like that. Before you enter a relationship or get to know someone really well, these are questions that you can definitely ask. Like, what's, how do you like to be cared for? What's your love language? Things like that. So you can use that information and those context clues when they are angry. Yeah, I don't think asking, are you mad, is the way to go. <laughs> That's just me, though. That's true. It's just I like asking someone, that. like, are you hungry? <laughs> yes. Yes, um, and so what? <laughs> yeah. Jerry also asked, continue with that same line, like, what are some of those small acts of love or actions that, like, would kind of go a long way for you guys? Bubble tea. Bubble tea. Not milk tea, though, for Crystal. People that take notes. Passion fruit green tea with jelly. <laughs> Put your bubble tea order. <laughs> See if people will send you bubble tea. Ooh. Yeah, expect expect a free bubble tea for the next month. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, I don't I don't remember any of the gifts that my boyfriend has gotten me, but I remember the time when he remembered my bubble tea order, like down to <laughs> the sugar and ice level. So Amazing. I think just little things to show that you're paying attention, you know. Or maybe I just have low standards. <laughs> I agree. I actually don't remember any of like the actual gifts that I've gotten. Again, that might be a difference in love language, but it is the little things like remembering, you know, if you have something big coming up that week or, you know, remembering that I like a certain order, whether that's bubble tea, chipotle, whatever it is. I guess I, I like small surprises too. So I think that's always like cute to like know like, oh, they're thinking of me, you know, something <laughs> like that. So basically, guys, you gotta pay attention and listen. Take notes. It's the little things. It could be like a Welch's fruit snack bag, you know, yeah. in the middle of a bad day. Um, next, we have another question from Jerry. What do girls talk about in the group chat? I mean, we talk about everything. We talk about guys. We talk about what we're eating. We talk about TV shows. We send know. each other selfies. We ask them to evaluate all of our potential Instagram pictures and we show them our dating app matches and they can judge them for us. Oh, we show screenshots. We show receipts of, you know, conversations. So for guys, is it safe to say that if you're sending, if you're messaging a girl, you might have to be prepared that that might be sent out to other girls around them? A hundred percent, especially if you're first starting out. Speaking from personal experience, I've sent Ange messages from guys and guys on the apps and then like what do we think about this you know what's what's the 411 the verdict how, how are we feeling so it's like if they're trying to get to know me they're also like by the transitive property getting to know my friends <laughs> yeah you're dating crystal's friends too so just exactly. remember that and your <laughs> friends getting to know the guy too yeah yeah so when they actually meet it's like oh i already know so much about you <laughs> How important is it that like your girlfriends approve of your SL? Mm. I think it's a pretty important for me. I think it's a big learning experience I had in my past of like my close friends not necessarily approving of the person I was dating. Um, and just realizing that they probably have your best interest at heart and know you and what you need, you know? So. Okay, um, next silver general question. Are there occupations or career choices that you think are more attractive than others? And if so, which one's for you? 
I think I used to think there was when I was younger, but as we've seen in the last even like five years, pretty much anyone can make a living off of anything. As long as you're passionate and you're in the right market, opportunity and luck follows skills. And if we're talking about like, you know, more popular or just like common occupations, whether that's like corporate or medical or going down the creative route, I feel like there isn't one that's like, oh, that's like more attractive in the sense that like I would prefer a guy because of what they're doing. But it's all about like how passionate they are about it and like how serious they are. So like if they're in it just for the money, then like it doesn't matter like what occupation they're in. I just feel like, I don't know, for me, it's like there has to be something, there has to be something more to it. You know, you don't have to be like, like a diehard, like fanatic of your job, but just like seeing more than just like the opportunity to make money, I think. Like realizing like what you're doing can make a difference. I feel like that's always attractive. I mean, that, I think that's definitely interesting. And I think being passionate about some, being passionate about your occupation or career is definitely important. But at the end of the day, like certain occupations or career choices lead to like some monetary returns. How important is like career choices and the lifestyle that they could afford you guys? Basically, how much bubble tea can they buy you? It's <laughs> a hard question. Yeah. We all need comfort. We all want comfort. But I think if that's your expectation going into a relationship, then it can set up some, you know, unhealthy standards too and pressure for you and the other person. The job that you have right now or when you're married might not be what you have forever. It's like there's still room to grow. Yeah, I don't really know how to answer this question. I think it's important to consider the potential of it too. You know, like can what they're doing or like their passions lead to, you know, providing for a family and having stability. But if we have to have all of that ready, like at, before we date or before we get married, then no one's ever going to get married. You, you know what I'm saying? Like it's going to take a while for all of that to come because you're still growing without the person too. So together as a team, when you're, when you're married eventually, like, I mean, I'm not married or dating, but I imagine that a lot of changes come about that and decisions have to be made for both of you. So you can't really have everything like figured out as soon as you start dating or get married either. Josh is the married one here, so he can correct me if I'm wrong. No corrections, nothing. <laughs> it's candid space. I think we talked a lot about like the starter relationships. Like what are things that lead you to specifically to like end relationships? You mentioned that there's always growth, right? But when do you say, this is it? Like, you know, we don't, we shouldn't be growing together anymore. I think really, really quickly, it's just like, if you aren't growing for the right reasons, like if that person's growing just for me, then I'm like, um, that's, that's not my role here. You got to do this, do this for you. You know, if I wasn't in the picture, then would you still want to like do all this stuff? If that makes sense. I feel like that's yeah. why a lot of my relationships have ended. It's just like guys getting to a certain point where, you know, I believe in a relationship, both people have to encourage each other to grow. But if your significant mm -hmm. other is the only reason that you're growing and it's not because you realize in yourself from encouragement from the other person like oh this is stuff that I need to work on then to me that's a red flag like as a girlfriend I have the responsibility to help encourage you but I'm not the one I'm not your reason to grow mm -hmm. yeah and I think if your priorities aren't in line like with what you want to do in life I think that's a big reason to step away too mm -hmm. next we have a question a more general question you think women are more emotional than men? Is it nature or nurture? I don't even know. <laughs> I think we're emotional in different ways. Yeah. So I don't know that it's necessarily more or less. Maybe it shows more, but I think there's like in general separate triggers. You guys feel like when you do get emotional, you 
do you feel yourself starting to connect different things together that perhaps aren't connected? You start to like correlate different things and they kind of just all become emotional. Um, yes, I think a lot of women spiral very quickly, <laughs> at least from what I've noticed mm -hmm. with my friends and myself. For sure, I agree. Whereas guys kind of take things at face value, so I think that's something to consider when you're like hashing things out with somebody of the opposite sex or like someone you're dating. You know, we're trying to move away from this idea that men are not emotional. And she brought up a good point of it's just like different types of emotions and different ways that we display and communicate those emotions. And obviously like everyone has work to do, culture and upbringing has a lot to do with it too. Like if you grew up with people in your family or people around you that were very good at communicating their emotions, then chances are like you will also be able to do that better as you grow older or at least, you know, earlier in life. But if you didn't really have that um, modeled for you at a younger age, then it might be diff more difficult. There's a lot of factors into it. Okay, next question we have, since we talked a lot about bathrooms in our episode last week, what do girls do in the bathroom and why do they always have to go in groups? <laughs> to hype each other up, you know? It's the group yeah. chat, but in person. Yes. <laughs> yes, as far as what we do in the bathroom, I mean, we, we pee, we poop, you know, we, we do things in the bathroom. What? <laughs> have you ever heard a girl fart? What? <laughs> Mm, just kidding i've heard too much of that do our makeup we talk there's you know bathroom gossip that makes a lot of sense wonder why guys don't do that yeah. josh we should do that do what we should hype each other up in the bathroom stand, stand next to each other in the yeah. urinals adjacent urinals hype each other up what is one of your biggest relationship regrets <laughs> Oof. Oof. Ange and I are shaking. Staying with a clown ass hoe. <laughs> we're not. We're not cutting that out. Yeah, I think settling. That's all. Yep. I have to say about that. Yep, that's that's what I have to say. Settling. Also, just not listening to people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, in, in my case, just like there there were people that were like, "Hey, you should." be with this guy or have you like considered what he's doing and i would just be like yeah we love each other like all the flaws are you know justifiable because we love each other tolerating or excusing some of the behavior just simply because there were there were other things that seemed okay or checked other boxes and not listening to people that i trusted and people who knew me like Ange, mm -hmm. to not listen to Ange. <laughs> <laughs> and I should have oh, regrets, but also no regrets, you know, we grow from all of these things. But I guess I wish I didn't have to go through, but I'm also glad that I did because I learned from it. Yeah, I guess hindsight's twenty twenty, and oftentimes when you're in a relationship, you really can't see what's going on that other people might be seeing. For sure, and for sure. It's hard to listen to other people and it's hard to, it's hard to listen to their advice because you think you know better. Yeah, facts. This is a question from Samuel. In your opinion, what is one thing about yourself that you're super proud of and also one thing that you're self-conscious about? It could be a physical, mental, or personality trait. So one thing we're proud of and one thing you're self-conscious self about. about. Hmm. I think one thing I'm super proud of and like it's weird because my like online dating experience contributed to this a lot, but just being confident in myself and not caring about what other people think. 
Because I think, like, dating apps really put that into perspective of, like, just by virtue of being a girl, like, (laughs) I have so many options, you know? (laughs) So it kind of, like, took the pressure off. And that sounds super arrogant, but I'm, I'm saying, like, just, like, as an average girl, just, you know, the nature of how the world works. You just have so many options. So then the, I think that just, like, flipped a switch in me and just, and just like, I don't know, just doing me, you know? And then I think the thing I'm really self-conscious about is I think always questioning whether I'm being a good girlfriend or a good friend or just family member. I think that is a byproduct of... Being in a relationship where I was so focused on like fixing another person and not necessarily myself, just been self-conscious about how I can grow in that aspect, if that makes sense. Well, I appreciate you, Ange. Thank you. <laughs> uh, for me, I think one thing that I'm proud of is my work ethic. I think I've, you know, developed it over the years being, you know, the first daughter to my parents too, having paved the way and having to do a lot of stuff on my own as well, but just over the years, like taking on different projects and having the courage, I guess, to try new things and find out like what is, what is it that I really love and what I want to do in life. I think it's strengthened my work ethic a lot. Something I'm self-conscious about is, I guess, kind of similar to Ange is like I question a lot if I'm being a good friend to my girlfriends. I think it's really easy for me to like get along with guys. I think I just like talk similarly and talk about things that i don't know guys are more comfortable talking about not really like a guy's girl or like a one of the bros or did you guys know there's a new term now it's called sup girl what what does that even mean so like if you're a sup girl it's like that's how you greet people like sup bro versus like a like a ooh girl you know so (laughs) (laughs) ooh girl (laughs) so yeah i feel like i'm not a sup girl but like I'm more of that than like a ooh girl, you know, like a like a hey girl, you know, and so I feel like yeah, especially during the pandemic where like you don't get to see people and you like really only talk to people that you want to talk to, you know. I feel like I've been realizing like I need to learn how to care for my girlfriends who might be more emotional or have have more be more sensitive to things because sometimes guys not that they're not emotional like we talked about, but it can be easier to stay more shallow when girls are talking to guys than when girls are talking to girls so i think sometimes when girls start to like tell me how they're feeling i'm like oh no i don't know how to deal with your emotions like i don't know how to process them and so it kind of goes to show like i have trouble processing my own emotions sometimes so i think that's something i'm self-conscious about when it um translates into my friendships with girls or even like my sister or any you know female are there uwu boys? <laughs> I guess there could be. Crystal, I think the listeners want to know what our physical insecurities are. Ooh, let's talk about that. We give really boring answers. Do you want to talk about a physical thing you're proud of or that you like and one that you don't? Height. No, growing up, I always wanted to be shorter. I always thought it was what? like really cute when girls were shorter. I just felt like, tall. you know, uncomfortable, <laughs> like a beanstalk. <laughs> what? I love it. It's iconic. I don't like being this short. I wish I was like two inches taller. Like five three would be nice. I would say I, w- I don't think I'm insecure about my boob size because I like joke about it a lot. But I would if if I had the money, I would totally like itty bitty titty gang. Yeah, I feel like clothes just look a little better, you know, when you yeah. have something there, and it's yeah, not just yeah. like like mosquito bites, you know. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. Also, being able to wear cute bralettes is pretty iconic. Oh, I know. They just like, bralettes make me look even flatter. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. I'm Ironing just, board just... gang. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ugh. But you know, we, we love all titties. Small titties, yes. big titties. We're all, okay, we just have to love them all. Yes. Eric's titties. <laughs> Eric's are iconic. True. I can send you a picture for the cover if you want. Um, that's, that's okay. <laughs> I put a lot of work into them. Aspirations, man. What's something that um you're, you're, you like about your physical appearance? Are you, are you asking us? Oh, I was asking Ange, but you can answer okay. too. <laughs> I like everything about Josh. Aww. Like Eric's big butt. Same. It's goals. <laughs> Remember that time we like, um, I think it was like Uniqlo pants? Like watching you put them on with great difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> I just picked the wrong size. I'm, there are sizes that fit me. <laughs> Dead. But yeah, I'm, I won't lie, finding pants is not an easy task. <laughs> yeah, Ange, what do you like about your, your physical appearance? I, I, I don't know. I like, I like my shoulders. I think I put a lot of work Ooh, into nice. them at the gym. What about you? I guess something that I like. I like my eyelashes. They're pretty long, so I don't really Iconic. need to wear like, false lashes. I just put mascara on, but they're like straight as heck, so I have to curl them like crazy. So that's the only thing. They kind of droop. I don't know how to put on false lashes. I guess something that I don't like as much, I don't really like my nose. Huh. I don't really have anything bad to say about it, I just don't really like it. I don't think it fits my face. So if I had the money, rhinoplasty. <laughs> Eric, you gotta become a plastic surgeon and hook us up. That's too hard. <laughs> Let's end the episode with a would you rather from me and Angelina. I can go first. I will pick the number 34. Would you rather have a cook or a maid? Probably a maid. I like cooking, but cleaning is like so tiring and I wouldn't mind cooking or like, you know, ordering DoorDash as is the norm now and, you know, in our generation. And then they could wash my dishes too. Great. That's, that's perfect. I'll cook and then they can wash my dishes and clean the house. That's a pretty game. That's a game changer, honestly. Mm -hmm. All right, Ange, pick the number. You pick 34. I'm going to pick 35. Would you rather be the youngest or the oldest sibling? Oldest. Because I think the youngest, like, they tend to be too dependent, like, needy, at least. Oof. <laughs> My <laughs> sister is. Oof. I ain't about that life. <laughs> Can't confirm. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Thanks, guys, again, for joining yet another week. Thank you for being here. Claps all around. Snaps to all of you. Hopefully this episode and last week's episode helps to shed some light on the on the opposite gender a little bit. It was super fun. Again, thank you for all of the listeners and our friends who sent in questions. This literally would have been so boring without your questions. If you haven't already, make sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And leave a nice rating and review on Apple Podcasts so that more people can join in on these conversations and we can build like a little community of people who like podcasts and candid conversations. I don't know. It'll be super fun just to see, you know, what you guys think of it. So yeah, that's all we have for today. See you guys on the next episode. And thanks for joining our girl talk. Bye. Bye. Bye.